Hey, this is Dave Pryor. You're about to listen to an interview with the AI Agile guy, Snehal Talati, on the work he's been doing to create a community of Agilists who've joined forces to discuss, discover, and find ways to create responsible AI solutions. At the end of the interview, Snehal generously offered a 10% discount on a class he was putting on, but being the total slacker that I am, I unfortunately did not finish editing the podcast until after the course had run. So he is now offering a 10% discount on his ChatGPT Agile Mastery class. So just follow the link in the show notes and use the discount code DRUNKENPM to receive the 10% discount. Again, that's a 10% discount on his ChatGPT Agile Mastery class. There's a link in the show notes, and if you use the discount code DRUNKENPM, you will get a 10% discount on the course. That's it. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to the Reluctant Agilist. Today, I'm here with Snehal Talati. Did I get it? Yeah. Close? I, yeah, that was, that was perfect. Right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so we're going to talk all about AI today. Um, I've done a couple podcasts with people that are kind of like focused in certain areas, but I'm excited to hear um, what you've got to say about it and what you're doing with it and the work that you're doing for outreach. But before we dig into all that, could you give these folks a little bit about your origin story, like when the radioactive spider bit you and what happened yeah. after that? Yeah, no, uh, thanks, Dave, for uh, having me on this podcast. Uh, my name's Snehal, uh, you know, founder and CEO of Bustaro, uh, also known as the AI Agile Guy. Uh, so the AI spider bit me uh, about two years ago. Um, and it was at a data science conference. Um, and uh, this is my first data science conference. Didn't expect to, you know, I, I mean, I was expecting to, went with an open mind to right. get out of my comfort zone. Um, it was the ODSC in Boston. And um, little did I know, I, I always had this, like, I want to do something in AI, learn more about machine learning. And my bi background was in bioinformatics. So I was just like, you know, I've been in this agile space, you know, thing. And I, I wanted to see, you know, what other conferences were out there. Mm -hmm. So I, I go to Boston and I meet a bunch of these data scientists and I'm like, wow, this community is a vibe, right? Like it's wow. just a, it's a different community, right? They're, they're not, they're not extroverts. They don't like to really socialize as much. It was really, it was really weird when going in, but what I found <laughs> out really quick was that there's just a lot to learn. There's a okay. lot of information and data scientists like learning about data. And I came across Cassie Kozakov. Okay. who is Google's chief decision scientist. Wow. Um, and she was the keynote there and she was nice enough to, you know, hang around after the keynote to ask, you know, answer everyone's questions. And we had this little small group uh, where we were just asking questions. And I think that's the inspiration. That's when the bug really bit me. It's like, okay. I, I felt like I needed to do something um, and, and really understand what this means. Um, and I, and as soon as I got from, you know, got back from Boston, I was just like, I want to marry the, the AI and adult thing together. I, okay. I think that's, that's my calling. Like, uh, and so that's how it all started. So, and it was the community that pulled you in like that aspect, the openness of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a community. It, it was, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, you know, in Boston. So you have all the different universities, you know, you have MIT, all these students that are there, you know, interacting with them, 
learning through the sessions that were there. And I advise all agilists to be open-minded like that. Like anyone, even in if you're in any space, like get out of your comfort zone. There are conferences outside of your norm that yeah. you'll be shocked, right? To kind of learn. And I think to me, I was always, you know, that was my kind of thinking. It's like, get out of your comfort zone, figure yeah, out yeah, what are the things yeah. you can, yeah, what, what else can you connect, right? Okay. And just happened to be that that day was all about machine learning and AI. All right. So I want to talk about AI, but before we do that, you mentioned your background is bioinformatics. Yeah. And I'm figuring that plays a lot into the, the data science aspects of this, but yeah. could you explain what that is to the folks that are not aware of it? Yeah. So I started my journey in bioinformatics, uh, graduated from VCU uh, at the time. And bioinformatics is basically a cross hybrid of, you know, biology and computational science. So computer science. Uh, so we basically uh, created, um, you know, com- software or computer science, you know, kind of embedding that uh, in uh, to solving biological problems. Um, okay. So geno- using genomics data. So if you if you're in the genetics or genomic space, you know, working with ATCs and Gs, like um, and figuring out how do you solve complex biological problems using data and using computer science uh, to solve those. So that's how my journey started. Um, and I worked at a genomics lab down here in Baltimore. Uh, kind of worked through you know, being behind a cubicle coding all day. And then I said, I'm a people's guy. I really need to get out. And my agile journey, that's when my agile journey or the agile bug bit me, um, you know, and kind of sparked my interest in in really going deeper into the agile space and and learning about uh, agility. So that's kind of an unusual combination. You're like a data nerd and an extrovert at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I lo- live and breathe data, but I think okay. um, to me, it's just I've always wanted to kind of fuse things together. Yeah. And I've, I'm still I'm still on that, like trying okay. to figure out wh- what other industry can we all marry together right? yeah. um, to, to really bring that impact. All right. So you meet somebody at a cocktail party that doesn't know anything about AI. Yeah. What is it? How do you explain it to them? So that's a, that's a great question. Uh, I'm going to take. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure take you're a, very tired of answering. But. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to take thirty seconds to think about that one. So, when when I go to if I go to a cocktail party and someone asks me about AI, there's to me I see basically two different types of people asking that question. One is the one that's really afraid of AI, and they go straight to the Skynet scene. I was just going to say they're worried about Skynet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and two. There's another person that will ask me about AI and saying, oh, this is the coolest thing ever, right? And, you know, how is it How is it going to, like, what can I do to, like, make quick bucks off of this? Like, this is going to be the next thing. This is the dot-com era. We're, we're going to, this is a new iPhone era. We're going right. to, so, so I think when I answer this question, depending on who that audience is, whether it's the person that's, like, trying to make a fortune or, two, it's the you know, it's the person that's really afraid. I say it's it's time for us to understand what AI is. And AI is not, AI has been around for, for years. It's not something new, right? What we're seeing in the community is a design revolution, right? And I think Cassie okay. Kozersoff says this the best, right? It's how we interact with AI is what's changed, 
okay. like with ChatGPT, now we had now everyone, not just research or academics, have access right. to AI. You know, general public has access to AI, and so that is huge, right? So having that ability to, um, uh, you know, having finger having AI at your fingertips, now you can interact with it. But yeah. what people yeah. don't get is what's behind that, right? Okay. How does this actually work behind the scenes? And to the person who's afraid, I always say, hey, look, AI is nothing more than a, you know, it, it just, right now, generative AI being the hot topic, right? Using text. It's basically just predicting what you give it. So okay, it's garbage in, garbage out, what agilists kind of say all the time with data, right? And that same principles apply here. If your okay. data is not that great, then you're going to not get the greatest answer, right? Okay. Um, okay. And it's really just predicting. So I, when I explain it to them, I say, are you familiar with software and how software works? And I ask them, because like the other misconception that folks have is AI is software, but honestly, AI is not software, right? AI is predicated off of neural networks and kind of how, how that works is, is very complex. Um, okay. And I could talk about it for the whole day. I've been learning myself and still learning more about it each day. But I think to understand that is software was created by creating a list of tasks, right? So yeah. as a programmer, you had a list of tasks to give. But now AI is basically data, right? It's, it's recognizing patterns. It's okay. recognizing things and then it's putting things together to make it and, and, then, and then giving the results, right? Okay. So you have like, so to me, when you're, for example, when you interact with ChatGPT, you give it a few words, it's using predictive models to right. predict what's going to fill in into that gap, right? Okay. And that's why sometimes when you look at it, especially the person's like, man, I don't think this is right. Like, do you, you know, a chat GPT is just, you know, throwing bogus answers. And yeah. I'm like, well, that's, it's right. It's, it's not wrong. It's doing its job. Okay. Right. It's hallucinating. I mean, you've yeah. heard probably the word, Hey, chat GPT is causing some hallucinations, but that's normal. Right. Because okay. at the end of the day, the way the algorithms work behind the scenes is that it's, it's learning as well. Right. It's it's optimizing. So the way the models are created, uh, talk about ChatGPT and a little tangent here, but the way the models are created is like a child. Right. You start okay. by teaching a child how to draw. Let's say, for example, how how do you draw uh, a dog? Mm -hmm. Right. We teach a six year old child how to draw a dog. So you, the child draws a dog. And then the second step would be, OK, well, you as human now tell the, the child this is a good dog versus a bad dog mm -hmm. right so now you've kind of told the child hey this is how you're going to optimize that policy yeah. right? um kind of differentiating what's good versus bad and then as the child learns it'll get better over time yeah right and it'll draw a good dog every single time right and then it becomes skynet and attacks the earth yeah, well, well, no, I, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, the, the thing is, I was just listening to a congressional hearing now. And to me, it's the it's the biggest time for us to understand how this works. Yeah. Right. What does this mean? Because I see this as it could, you know, it is to me, it's not going to be Skynet unless we make it Skynet. OK. Right. Like unless we 
I always ask this question, are we thinking like AI? AI? Yeah. Is our, is our brain thinking well, in the concept of, of like putting things together? Like we learn different things and then we just put them together. So let me, I want to ask you some questions about this stuff and I'm going to back yeah. up a little bit too. Yeah. When you were talking about this stuff kind of kicking off, the thing that popped into my head was it's a little bit like when home computers first came out. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's, it's that, at least from what I know from the people I've talked to, there is this, we can run away from it, or you can be the one that figures out how to use that thing. And then you don't have to worry about your job because you're going to be able to get work. Now, people worry about jobs getting eliminated. And what I've come to understand is whatever AI tools you're using, it's almost like you're learning to play an instrument, right? Right. People that learn to one guy said to me, he paired with the AI to write a book. And I was like, oh my God, I never, that image of that, a person and this system learning to work together, to collaborate together, to produce a new thing where you as a human have the ability to leverage thousands and millions of lessons that this thing has taken from all the people that have touched it already. I mean, it gives you almost like a superpower if you yeah. can learn how to wield it. And that's where you're talking about, like, it's going to do what we make it do. At yeah, least for a while. Exactly. exactly. And, and, and the thing is like, so, you know, things have come up, right. Auto GPT, AI assistance, um, AI agents is what the phrase has been coined as. But I think what's important to understand is that you, you know, you, as humans, we still have the ability to control a lot of these mechanisms mm-hmm. um, and hence why, you know, it's important for us to realize that if we're working, uh, for example, you said someone used it as a co-pilot to author a book or mm-hmm. what we're seeing in the development space, people are using co-pilot programs for developing code, mm-hmm. right? So that's what they're calling it, a co-pilot program. Yeah, so it's a copilot, and I'm telling you, the, the copilots we're not going to just see in software and book writing and content writing and copywriting. We're going to see copilots everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of time, right? And so to me, it's like telling the agile community that this is something. There's going to be a copilot for us too, mm-hmm. but how we shape that copilot is up to us. Okay. Right. So because otherwise, what happens is this. Yeah, Dave. And I think what I'm seeing right now is there's a lot of trends in AI and agile tools, which I'm, I'm giving that. So, okay. Yeah. If you can talk a little bit about the trends there, cause that is something that I want yeah. to dig into. So, so there's a company out uh, called spinach.io. Um, uh, you know, they are backed by Lash Ventures. They have coined the first AI scrum master. It's there. It's really, and people have looked at that as the AI Scrum Master, but is it really an AI Scrum Master? We, we, I mean, I've played around with it. I think it's pretty cool. It, what it does is actually joins your calls, you know, takes notes, gives you a daily stand-up report. Then based off of that, based off of what people say, it goes and automatically updates Jira. Now, is that what we're calling a Scrum Master? Probably not, Killing right? Me. Yeah, yeah, and it's not. But, but the thing is, when you have AI software and products out there like that yeah you know putting that and it's it's like what we you know in our community it's like when we say agile like what does agile we actually mean to any of us right can i ask you a question about this one because i'd like your take on it 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So with what you just described, to me, that is use of AI to make one's life a little more convenient or whatever. But in my opinion, as somebody who teaches a lot of CSM classes, what you just described, those two functions of it, of it taking notes and updating the board, that's actually going to weaken the team because they're then not going to have to go and update it themselves and talk about each other's stuff and look at each other's stuff necessarily. Maybe they would anyway. Right. Right. So what I would love is to be able to have like a stakeholder say, hey, I think I'm going to inject some work into the sprint. What's that likely to do? And have the AI be able to offer, well, here's some things that might happen with your team based on their performance. There's a likelihood of them reacting this way. Yeah. Like, to help us make better decisions as opposed to taking out the trash. Right. And and so I think you hit the nail of the point that I want to make now is that fact the fact that these companies are, you know, erupting slowly and it's silent too. It's not but they're not coming from an agilist background, right. many of them. You know, many of them are uh, companies that have huge leverage in building a SaaS product. Um, and they're, they're really good. You know, it's a, it's a great idea. They've been building for quite some time. There's another company out there called Socrates, um, which is also like almost AI with Kanban flow. Um, and it actually, that one, they take out the whole capacity planning thing because it's like using AI, uh, to track all the work from each person to then be able to forecast and tell you wow. how much time someone's gonna, something's going to take. So the point I'm trying to make is I agree with you, right? The human interaction piece, it, it does some things that automated, some things AI kind of gives great results on, right? Yeah. But I think this is where we have the ability to, to shape and, and kind of promote how we use and leverage some of yeah. these things. Right. Because there's so many, every single person, I think the idea, and I was telling this to someone the other day, everyone's trying to build an AI product. And there's so many tools out there every day. There's like five, five to six, like 500 tools being added every day. I feel like there's so many, like I can't even keep up with it. Right? Okay. But I think the key thing for us is to understand how do we leverage them? Mm -hmm. Where do I even start if I don't know anything about it? Yeah. Right. And really keeping that humanity piece alive okay. by taking that responsibility, right? Because like, okay. like what's going to happen is this. Big companies from a business perspective, they're not going to see the humanity part. And I, I see that in a lot of, yeah. a lot of these companies. They're on the, their mission to kind of capitalize money, on this. Yeah. Make money, right? At yeah. the end of the game for a business, it's, it's there to make money. So... For they, they don't have the the mindset to say, Advanced you know, yeah, advanced. they want to move at 100 miles per hour. Yeah. Right? And so to me, it's just like, well, if we have the ability to to have AI at our fingertips and we have, like right now, you could go and create an app and deploy it and, and have a proof of concept. Yeah. But really, it's to understand what is the problem that you're trying to solve? Mm -hmm. What is the you know, what is the audience that you're trying to serve? Because I think that plays a key role than ever before. Okay. The audience, right? And I'd love to talk about future generational workforce because that's a passion now, of mine. I wanna, yeah, I do want to do that in a second. I just want to check on yeah. one thing first. So 
yeah. it's kind of I just want to say it out loud and see if it if it works. There's a way that these tools could be used to basically turn us into those people in in the movie Wally, like the people on the spaceship who had no muscle at all because like everything was brought to them and they could only move around in like lounge recliners. We could end up like that if we're not careful, if we let the tools do it. But there's another way that we could use these tools to advance ourselves, to amp up our game. So I could have it track status or I could have it forecast all the different things that could happen, whether it's traditional project management or agile, give me options, help me make smarter decisions so that we can do better things. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, with the job market, there are a lot of people that are worried about their jobs going away. And I think I was a little bit initially too, until I talked to some other people about it. And I'm now of the mindset that there is the person who's going to learn to play this new instrument. They're going to be able to get a job. The person who's going to be removing the bias from the thing created by the person who plays the instrument is going to have a job. The people that pretend this isn't a thing, they're not going to have jobs. Right. And and I think that I I think you beautiful that was well said so beautifully put together right and, and again I don't think if people are looking at this and to me that's what I'm trying to kind of inform everyone uh, wherever I go and talk about this subject is embrace AI don't be afraid of it mm-hmm. because if you if you don't embrace it today and if you're working at a job for example these big companies will push it down on you, right? And it's happening, like Microsoft, Google, all the fan companies, right? Yeah, it's being used on all of us, even if we don't yes. realize it. Yeah, and we've actually, some of these constructs have been used with us even prior to ChatGPT, right? Alexa, you know, you name it, Alexa, Siri, uh, all of it, right? Internet. These are constructs. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, the, the simplest form of, AI was text completion on your text messages, yeah. right? Uh, so, so that's a, that's still AI. Or Clippy, yeah, and and so Clippy was one of the things you know back in my, when Microsoft uh, Word document, you know, you can move it around. And I think these are all remnants of you know. But what what I inform everyone is, don't be afraid, use it because it does. Like for example, even if you were to use these tools like Scrum Master, the AI Scrum Master from Spinach.io or, you know, the Socrates one that I just came across a couple of days, uh, it's, if you look at it, it's helping you make a decision. Mm-hmm. And if you think about from putting Agile at the, at the foundational concept of it, you're just getting to that decision. You're just making that feedback loop very small, faster yeah, than ever before. Yeah, offloading some of the mental work. Yes, and it's it's so fast that now we have able we have able we're able to do more reps with it. Yeah. Right. With what we're trying to achieve, not saying that the human component's gone. Yeah. It's just now we're able to kind of take more reps with what we're trying to accomplish. Okay. So let me ask you a question on that. So yeah. um, I have done. I've been in a bunch of conversations with people like Troy McGinnis and talking about teams and the data that they collect. It's all stored in Jira, whatever now. Um, there's nobody on agile teams in general who is like the data scientist of the team whose job is to basically watch the flow, watch how the team's working and be like the performance coach for the team. 
this this these tools could be used to basically give you like your own C3PO who's sitting there with your team, you know, saying the odds of that being delivered on time are like 6 billion to 1 or you know, try making this change and and we'll see if it the slightest little tweaks that could get a little bit more out of your team. Right? Yeah. 100%. Okay. I think I think you're you're on the right path, and I think there's something there. Like I'm a big fan of Trump against, um, especially with the flow and and working with you know data. And I think he's 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 a huge advocate in our community doing that. And I think one of the things I learned from him is you know understanding you know he's done talks on this you know forecasting and yeah. whatnot. Um, and really, if you look at this tool, if you look at a tool, and I don't think Socrates is going to be the only tool. There's going to be more tools that come up. Right. It's just slow progression. Yeah. We'll get to know about it, you know, in a, in a couple of weeks, couple of months, there might be another one. Right. But it's coming and I see it. It's yeah. like the doors have opened. Right. Um, but to look at look at some of these things and see it's like I almost think of it like a C-suite. Right. Mm-hmm. You have a CFO that's focused on the financials. Right. You're going to connect with the CFO and ask, hey, dude, are we in line with, you know, yeah. our forecasted budget for what we're trying to spend here. Similarly, these tools now can help in a lot of these. And obviously there's financial AI tools that are being built, but like for sticking to the agile piece, if we take something like Socrates and say, Hey, you're going to, you know, address the data that's there. You're going to help us make sure that it's, there's no garbage in garbage out. Right. Right. But, and help us forecast it's like consulting with AI to say what can be done, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, what, what, what can we tell our customers on when are we projected to kind of deliver this, right? So going from yeah. a project management perspective, like using AI project manager, mm-hmm. right? To say, use the data and come up with an analytics to kind of tell me. And that this can be useful information for a product owner, Right. To be able yeah. to use that to then communicate with the customer saying that this was where we, yeah. and I, I love, yeah, it's, it's like a GPS, like what Troy says in his talk, right? It's like when you're trying to navigate, it's the same thing. Yeah. Think of it as, a, as a navigation system. Yeah. So it's faster. I can see, especially on the project management side where there would be people, old people like me, he would be like, no, you have to do the earned value measurements yourself or whatever tools you're using. But if I don't have to do that stuff, if I have a system that's watching all that or that can tell me like what's happening in the company's budget and how that might affect my team so I can get a jump on it, I can devote more of my time, whether as a scrum master or a project manager, to to the team, to the social engineering aspects of the team, to understanding what's happening with these people. Because the tools might be able to do all that later, but right now, until they're all visual, like watching people, you're not going to be able to see that stuff. They're not going to be able to read body language yet. Right. Okay. Right. So, I mean, the, the opportunities are endless. And I say, it's time for us to be creative, right? Like, you know, I feel like I'm... Even if I'm going to a party these days, like if I'm, you know, having a drink or two, it's like I'm always thinking, right? Like there's always something that that's it's it's to me we're in this. It's almost like a some people call it a gold rush, but I think it's, well, it's an more like we discovered fire. <laughs> it feels like. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it, in some aspects, hundred percent. And I'm I'm no I'm not saying 
not be responsible, right? I also right. take the time to hear our Congress members, like, you know, the people who are trying to regulate this. I have my own own thoughts on that, where I feel like regulations are good only if you understand what you're regulating. Yeah, it's like the same stuff as data surveillance. You have to know who decides and who decides who decides. And... <laughs> And to what end? Like, what are you trying to do? Are you? Tr- I can see where a lot of government folks would be trying to restrict it and prevent Skynet without acknowledging, like, do you not see what this tool, these tools could do for us, for humanity, in terms of understanding climate change and financial stuff and all the other things that our brains can't process all that at once? Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I think that's the... That's the the dark side of all of this is the fact that it's we're building intelligence, right? And I think I, I read an article the other day. I liked how it was coined. It's not it's not uh, artificial intel- intelligence. It's more machine intelligence, right? Okay. Because um, really, it's there's nothing artificial about it. Right. It is intelligence that we're building in a machine, right? Um, and I think it was an article. I'd love to, you know, share that with you. But yeah, I think it was it was talking about the differences between human intelligence, artificial intelligence, and and now point machine intelligence, right? And I, I think that resonates better than calling it artificial because when you say artificial, it's, it's like fake. It's not. Yeah, it's fake, but it's not right. It's like really some of the things, and that's I think the fear is: does this intelligence come close to human intelligence? And we're already seeing strides, huge strides. Yeah. Um, on that. And even the creator, Godfather Jeffrey Hinton, who created, uh, you know, uh, he's a godfather of AI, mentioned that he doesn't know exactly what he's created, right? There's some aspect, there is a black box component, right? Even Google's Sundar Pichai said that in his his 60-minute call, uh, 60-minute interview, uh, saying that there is a black box, Yeah. right? We don't know what exactly what, and that's why it's important to understand that it's, this is not something software like many people think it is. It's really, we're building intelligence. Um, and so that's, that's the scary part, right? It's learning, it's learning and evolving as we speak. So there's a part of me that thinks we're building an intelligence that because of its capacity to process larger amounts of information faster, I don't want to say it's going to surpass human intelligence, but it will be faster than human intelligence. It will be broader than human intelligence. And we have to learn how to wield that to, to good. Yeah. I mean, because you could just as easily use it to do predictive modeling on running ads on the internet so that everybody has to buy everything you want them to buy. But there's probably better uses for it than that. And I think he, that's that's key, right? What you just mentioned, that's a possibility. And that's where... I think we should be thinking is like, where do we, like, for example, you said bias, right? There are going to be coaches that are going to be coaching how to prevent some of the models that are built to Mm -hmm. avoid putting bias in there. That's, that's like a whole concept. There's like a new field that will immerse. It's just like all the code that we've written is all biased. I mean, it's built into the language of software. Yeah. And so like, it's crazy to me that, like when it comes to coding, like, you know, Git, GitLab CEO said, or GitHub CEO said 80% of coding will be done by AI mm-hmm. and, and, and it's, and it's growing. And 
there was a study that uh, survey kind of just released from GitLabs just a couple of days ago where they said that it's actually helping developers because I think there's another, another thing in our community that I've started to notice is that sometimes we as agilists get so passionate about what we do, mm-hmm. we almost become a hindrance to developers in the development community, <laughs> yes. right? Um, we need, we, we get so excited that they're just like, no, I don't, you know, we don't want to get in their way yeah. and we don't meet them where they are. And I think now they're loving this, right? The co-pilot thing, because they get to use it, right? And not have, you know, us agilists, some of, you know, sometimes, I mean, I'm a, I'm a victim of it. I sometimes have gotten in the way and I feel like now I'm recognizing, hey, maybe I didn't need to do that, right? Yeah. Um, maybe I just need to give them some space. Um and I think that's important for us to learn. I, I've learned over time that the developer community, why do they kind of, you know, nudge heads with the yeah. agile community sometimes is because we get in the way. Yeah. And just like I think we're seeing, yeah. yeah. And we're seeing more of that happen a lot. Like we're, we're seeing more and more of that happen where um, developers are like, hey, I don't need this person like like let me let me and that's where i think we have an opportunity to to really gain advantage on how ai works the technical so there was a comment the other day is like should a scrum master or agile coach have technical expertise okay and my my answer to that is we should like i i think we should have not full you know competency in that area but a foundational understanding of what is it that your team is building or, you know, some concepts like, so you're not completely like, you're not going into a, a, a standup. And it, when the developers mention, Hey, this is a, you know, a Kubernetes pipeline, you should know something about it. Okay. Right? Or, you know, you should at least have an idea of what that is about. Yeah. Right. Uh, to be able to then be able to communicate okay. with, and to me, AI solves that problem now. Cause now, the coach, the new, I call the new agile coach mm-hmm. can ask AI what's a to say, how pipeline? do I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's a Kubernetes pipeline and, or here's my daily standup. And a question was asked, how do I communicate with this developer? Like, how do I speak his language? Yeah. Coach. It's you, okay. So that coaching thing, the coach of the coach or the coach of the practitioner or the coach yeah. of the executive, um, yeah. who maybe doesn't, want to go ask a hundred people and show their weakness or their lack of knowledge. Yeah. I mean, how many people, every class I teach, does anybody know what technical debt is? No. How many of you use that word all the time, but you yeah. don't know what it means? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, people are scared to ask. So I want to go back to the daily scrum thing for a second. Um, yeah. Cause I'm thinking th- through it. Let's say I'm a developer on a team. And I could say to the AI or whatever, like, hey, Siri, go update my task. This task is complete. Does that. Then I could say, uh, are we going to meet our commitment in the sprint? And looking at what all the other team members are doing and what's happening in our completion rate of stuff, it could say there's, you know, whatever percent chance that you will finish all the work by the end of the sprint. And I can have the thing feed me that interpretation. Mm-hmm. There's a and I don't know if this is I'm just like old school, but there's a part of me that feels like that's not the same thing as you physically walking up to the board and looking at it and understanding it inside your own head. I'm with you, right? Okay. I think the human component is still there. So so I've been thinking like 
I have a video somewhere on my YouTube or my so- one of my socials where I had Annie, the Scrum Master. Uh, you, there's an app called Call Annie, and it's a it's okay. basically uh, it's an AI generated app that has like an avatar that talks to you. So I had initially set up the prompt for Annie to be a Scrum Master to facilitate a daily standout. Okay. Right. So in that case, it's like anyone can really put up a AI scrum master. Like if we wanted to just facilitate the daily standout and still keep the human component alive. Right. Right. All Annie is doing is just facilitating. So I I had basically, I said, Hey, there's a team of, you know, three people here, their names. And I want you to just facilitate the standout. Right. Uh, And listen in. And, and, and basically all it's doing is just hearing us and, you know, it's saying, okay, Thanks, John. I'll take a note of that blocker. Um, you know, uh, let's move on to, right. you know, so, so to me, if you think about that dynamics, I think future is that like I, I, as a visionary, I feel like we will have some component of that, like okay. teams that can't have a scrum master be present. All right, let's just put on a device and put a virtual scrum master up to help us facilitate. You just this killed session. my whole career, man. <laughs> Certified scrum trainer. I'm done. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't, I don't think it's done. I think it's, but fine. see, I'm just joking. But, but, yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I don't think anyone's career is done. I, I honestly feel like we actually have more. I think it yeah. evolves. I think our role evolves on what that means. And I just a couple of days put out uh, a, a carousel on LinkedIn about the new agile coach. Like what, what should we be looking at? And some of the things oh, I say, is, okay. Yeah. And, and the reason, the reason I did that is because I feel like there's a need, like people are, we have to stay ahead. Like, like I said, the fan companies, the big tech companies, Silicon Valley, they're all in right with this AI. And if we don't step in ahead of them and, and, and they're going to build the tools we're going to have to use. Exactly. But we want it to be the other way around. We want to keep the human element alive. Because I think there are coaching principles that we have, yeah. the training principles that we have, yeah. that people will still that we have. Yeah, yeah, the people still need that. Like, it's not like I don't think that it goes away. Yeah, and I think it's really us taking that lead and in initiative to really work together okay. as a community to stay ahead of this. Because I really don't want companies to say, "Hey, we're using such and such x amount of tools. Yeah. You're going to have to use all of these." Right. (laughs) So the thing that I'd so fascinating to me about this conversation is that I've talked to a bunch of people about AI and some of them are like building virtual scrum masters or using AI to teach itself how to write epic briefs and things like that. Yeah. And this you mentioned before we started the interview, too. You seem to be very focused on like outreach and evangelizing and getting people to not be scared of the fire and go figure out good things you can do with it. Yeah, I mean, I was on, I Which was actually really cool because most people just want to make money off of it. And I was in that. I mean, I was in that boat. I, I do have a SaaS software that I'm, I'm going to put out, but I, again, for me, it wasn't the money component. Like I, but I really quickly found out that that's not the right path, right? Like I have, I I've spent good amount of money to build Agile GPT. It's out. It's it's going to be launching soon. Okay. Um, and we're going to, we're going to put it out to test. Right. But I think it's not, it's no different than anything that's out there today that you can use. 
-hmm. It's just really, I'm just trying to help create it to make it simpler, right? Instead of you figuring out what the prompts are, here, here are some of the artifacts that you want to create. And you have that ability. Again, I've built a tool to help augment what you do. So you still need human intervention. I'm not saying take it at face value, right? But if you have a writer's block, right, maybe you can use some of that information to do it. So I think, and that's where I think I want to do more of is helping folks understand how the coaching survives. Mm-hmm. How do we or maybe have it can help you find a type of retrospective that will get your team members to finally talk or something. Like right. That. Right. And it's like sometimes, you know, I do have writer's block. And I think sometimes it's like it's like almost having an idea buddy sitting next to you. Right. It's mm-hmm. like a, it's a wall. Right. Hey, what does this sound? How does this sound? Right. And I think when you open up ChatGPT, if you think about it in that realm, right, not trying to find an exact solution, I think one one of mentors of mine and like who I follow a lot and, you know, I'm a big fan of is Tarmesh Shah, who's the CTO of HubSpot. He's okay. amazing, phenomenal guy. Um, and one of the things he said in one of his videos is, you know, you think about when you think about AI, you really want to think about the desired outcome. Okay. What is that desired outcome you're looking for? Otherwise you're just going to go into falling into like circles, right? Yeah. Like, if you don't know what you're trying to get out of it, you're just going to, it's just going, like well, I said, you're going to build stuff we can already do instead of building stuff we can't do yet. Right. Right. So it's like having a desired outcome when trying to get, you know, prompt AI in a way yeah. you will be much more successful in get achieving that outcome than, in, than, than not having that. Okay. Uh, because AI, like I said, in the beginning is just predictions, right? Yeah. It's, it's just trying to put stuff together and make it sound great. And that's why we see sometimes it says things so confidently. Yeah. Right. And it's just the way the algorithm works. There's, there's a whole science behind it, but, but yeah, it's like, to me, I don't, I don't, I really don't think anyone should be afraid of losing their job. If anything, I think it creates an evolution of what we do. Well, and there's another thing. I mean, I think a lot of, especially for project managers, you reach a point where you get stuck. Right. Yeah. You're only going to go so high the job. I mean, if you've done like traditional project management after like five or 10 years, like you've seen the things you're going to see, then it's just going around the loop over and over again. And I think for a lot of agile coaches, it gets stuck there too. Um, right. But this is an opportunity to augment or change what you change your path um, for right. something that is going to be growing and is future focused. Right. And you can use it for positive towards a positive end instead of making you buy more crap on Amazon. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's it's really important for us to think that way. Like I'll give you an example. I see this in the future. There's going to be almost the opposite problem. Right. Where we rely on AI so much. We forget that we've forgotten our human. Yeah. Yeah. That we've forgotten about human intelligence. Right. It's like the calculator. Right. Like before calculator, people used to be able to do math very, very robust. And now we have a calculator. It's like we need the calculator. It's on our phone now. Yeah. It's gotten so accessible. Wrist. Yeah. It's on our (laughs) wrist and even more accessible. You can just ask Siri. Right. So so if you look at the evolution of how that works, it's the same ability here. I think human intelligence, like our coaching still needs to thrive upon how we think. And that goes back to the, the question I was saying is like, are we thinking deeply enough? 
or are we thinking like AI too to train? Are we have we been trained like AI for matter of fact, right? Mm-hmm. Going through school, going through you know taking these classes, like we're we're consuming data. Yeah. But then when we're when we're responding, we're just putting things together. Um, so it's like to me, I think the evolution of thinking. Our yeah. job as coaches is to make people think. So, and kind of flowing off of that, when we discovered fire. We could cook food. But yeah. you had to go build the fire and still find the food. And now you don't have to do that because Instacart will bring it right to your house or DoorDash <laughs> or whatever. And that should free us up to be able to use that time and that brain power to do other things, yeah. good things. I mean, hopefully not just sitting there watching a bunch of Fast and Furious movies all day long. Not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with that. But um, we have an opportunity as – just the human race to be able to take that new time that we're going to get back that new computing power and use it to make the world better. Yeah. And that's the mission that I'm after is like, I see agile has done so much up until now Mm -hmm. and agile was huge for software. Right. Um, And still is today. And I think some of the constructs still, still exist, but we need a conversation just like when the 17 authors got together, yeah, I'm, I'm asking for the conversation to be an open community conversation to talk about how does we evolve as AI comes aboard, right? Or, or are, we, are we ready for this? The other conversation I have on the opposite spectrum, are we ready for the next thing after Agile? Whatever that may be. Okay. Right? Like, are we on that cusp of, yeah. of, of figuring out what's that next thing? So... It, it goes both ways, and I think it's 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 really important for me, and I, I'm 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 urging the community to come forward, right, okay. and yeah. and and really not get stuck on yeah. holding what we're doing, right. I think what we've done up until now, powerful. What we have, some of the coaches and trainers I've come across, the knowledge, powerful, right. But someone said the other day, like on LinkedIn, it's like are today's skills something that's going to be still present in the future maybe not right no. maybe we, we we might need we hopefully might need to not. hopefully not yeah and, and i think we need to build you know constantly continuously build new skill sets and, and learning has to like we have to adapt agile to ourselves now more than any era wow. in this time right like i we we coach agile we've we've you know i coach it all the time but i've I've started to like think about how do we adapt it to ourselves? Like, mm-hmm. How do we, you know, um, adapt the principles and change yeah. according to this rapid trend that's emerging? That's awesome. So, and you've got, I want to, I mean, I know we got to wrap up pretty soon, but you've got a community online that people can, can join. Yes, I do. And it's, it's, it, it's www.aiagile.org. Okay. Um, we we're, you know, we were, a growing community it's um and people are joining there's like one or two per day and i i I just want to make that request is that this community is open source i have no you know there's nothing that i'm trying to make money off of or anything like that it's really to strike a conversation to bring people together to and i've seen and we have our community slack channel as well so there are some folks that are climbing on this journey with us to reimagine agile uh, and keep humanity alive. Um, and I'm on this mission to make sure that I can, you know, whatever ways I can make this message 
clear and, yeah. and, and just get people together to talk about it. Like, I, I really appreciate it. I'm like, I, I, I'm so honored to be on this podcast talking to you. because I think, great, man. I'm having an awesome time. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think it's it's time. Yeah. And maybe we don't meet in a ski resort. Guys, well, that's, it's that's the thing is that this is a, an inflection point where people who would look back at that saying, oh, man, wouldn't that have been cool to be there? Um, this is happening all over again, right? And you have a chance to engage with people and talk about how to shape it in a positive way. Um, yeah. All right. So they can go to, I just typed it into the screen, uh, org. Yes. Okay. That and, is, that and you have an event coming up as well, right? A class you're going to be teaching? Yeah. So from the Bustaro side, we are providing workshops, minimal cost. The only reason it's psychology, I, I charge small, small fun, just so, you know, uh, people stay attentive so in the workshop, yeah. but it's, yeah, show up. So it's a three hour workshop. Um, and we'll put up a promo code drunken PM, uh, for, you know, 20% off. Um, it's, it's 110 bucks, but with the 20% off, I think it brings it down to, but it's a three hour workshop on chat GPT and agile. Uh, and our next one is on July 13th. Okay. Uh, so six to 9 PM Eastern, uh, we've had, and we're actually, you will get a micro certification badge where we're, we're verified through credibly. So if that's okay. something you're looking for, I mean, again, certifications aside, I think it's important to us to learn, to collectively learn together and really, um, reimagine agile times now. This was awesome, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate yeah. it. And, and I want to thank Colleen too, for introducing me yeah. to you, um, in Portland. So this was, this was great. Um, yeah. So check everybody, check it out. And um, thanks for your time, man. Awesome. Fantastic. Thanks, Dave.